0: My friend and I are both converts to the Catholic faith from Protestant traditions. I told her a bit of my own conversion story, and then she recounted to me the moment that her whole life changed. I'll tell you about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on
1: your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley.
0: Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, giving thanks to Almighty God for the opportunity for another hour of spiritual direction. Giving thanks. Yeah, as you may well know, that's what the word Eucharist literally translates as. And that's our focus on the show today, the Most Holy Eucharist. But before I get ahead of myself, back to the story. So as I was saying, my friend was telling me about her conversion to Catholicism. Some years prior, she had married a Catholic man, though she herself was Protestant. But being faithful to her Catholic wedding vows, she immediately started attending Sunday Mass with her husband. And each time, when the time for receiving communion came around, she would remain in her pew, kneeling in prayer. This is what she did for years. And then, one Sunday, it happened. Distribution of communion began, and as her husband rose to go and receive, she remained kneeling as per usual. But then, she says, something clicked. I looked at all the people going forward. I watched as they received communion, and in the depth of my soul I felt a powerful, undeniable, almost desperate draw. I want that he said, referring to the Eucharist. And that Sunday, because of the power of the Eucharist, everything changed for her. She started RCIA, was received into the church, and has continued to be a faithful Catholic for many years now. Now, that's just one story of the power of the Eucharist, and there are millions. What's yours? If you'd like to share a story about how Jesus has touched, even radically changed your life through the Most Holy Eucharist, the number to call is 888 914 9149. In the meantime, let's start diving into the nitty gritty of the Eucharist with our spiritual director today, Father Joe Laramie. Father Joe is a Jesuit priest and the national director of the Pope's Prayer Network. Also known as the Apostleship of Prayer. He's also a National Eucharistic Preacher for the Eucharistic Revival. Father Joe, welcome. Glad to have you with us this morning. Patrick, thanks so much. Well, grateful that you're here, Father, especially on the central topic of our faith, right? The Most Holy Eucharist. And uh, as I'm sure will come up, so I might as well bring it up now, the source and summit of the Christian life. So let's start there, Father. Why is the Most Holy Eucharist the source and summit of the Catholic faith?
2: Amen. My gosh, what a gift. And as a priest, I'm so honored to get to celebrate the Mass every day. I'm also a Jesuit living in community, so I have a chapel in my house. Uh, I can visit our Lord uh, bright and early in the morning before my first cup of coffee. I can say goodnight to him before going to bed. So I mean, truly a gift of religious life. Um, yeah, I love that image, source and summit. Um, briefly, I'll throw a little Latin at our listeners, so hold on to your hats. Three <laughs> words, fons et culmine, fons et culmine. Uh, in Latin, that's what that means, source and summit. But, you know, fons, we might think of a, a fountain, right? So this sense of, like, the Eucharist is this just fountain of life flowing from Christ into us. Also, culmine. yes, the summit, the peak. We could also think of it as, you know, like a mountain peak, right? Um, also, the culmination, like the fulfillment of everything that we are uh, as Catholics, disciples of Christ. So, um, I'm blessed with the Eucharist and really happy to talk about this gift today.
0: Yeah, well, we are blessed to have you as well, and as we are talking about the Eucharist. So... Uh, Can you, I mean, one of the things that, of course, our our brothers and sisters of other traditions either don't hold not in common with us or even sometimes uh, accuse us of uh, misinterpreting, misunderstanding Jesus is this whole issue about the real presence of Christ. And uh, as, of course, it's been said time and again as uh, recent surveys have shown that so many self-identified Catholics don't hold to the understanding of the real presence of Christ. Take us into that just a little bit, Father. Wade us into that. How how can we be sure? How can we be sure that the bread and the wine do become the body and blood of Jesus?
2: Yes. Uh, you know, I'll put out two Catholic words, uh, scripture and tradition. So, In the Gospels, Jesus saying to us, very simply, take and eat, this is my body given for you. Also that beautiful passage in John's Gospel, chapter 6, the Bread of Life Discourses. In many ways, Jesus is giving us a homily on the Eucharist, um, speaking of himself as the Bread of Life, um, this, this food that sustains us, that feeds us. Even if we look into that passage, we see that Some of his disciples wandered away. In a sense, it was too much for them. Um, Even in the time of Jesus himself, some people found this gift almost overwhelming. Like, he can't actually mean that, right? And yet, in the tradition of the church, we see, yes, the disciples celebrating the Eucharist um, through the centuries. Jesus saying, do this in memory of me. And, my gosh, we could say in the Catholic Church, yes, Lord, we have fulfilled that commandment. We have continued to celebrate This gift of the Eucharist. So I think just to note that, yeah, even in the time of Jesus, this was a powerful and somewhat confusing teaching. And in the life of the church, the lives of the saints, those who continue to grow in their devotion to the Eucharist, we see the life of Christ really welling up in them, in their words and in their deeds.
0: Do we see any insights, Father, in Scripture or in tradition about why Jesus would choose this means as furthering his presence on the earth, but also to, you know, as as giving himself as gift to the faithful?
2: Yes, we really see in Jesus that, that this is what he does. This is who he is. Uh, the Father giving us the Son in the Incarnation. Also, we could say Mother Mary offering her Son to us by sharing him with the wider world, right? Maybe some part of Mary thought, gosh, I should just keep this beautiful boy in my own home where he'll be loved and known as the Son of God, and yet Mary sharing him with all of us. Jesus continuing to give us himself in his teaching and his healing. And yes, in the Eucharist. uh, Part of my mission with the Apostleship of Prayer is to promote the Sacred Heart devotion, um, one that's been dear to my heart, You know, for me, that image just so powerful of Christ offering us his heart, desiring even that we offer our hearts to him. We might call this the kind of divine heartbeat that is the rhythm of the church, right? This giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. Jesus giving us himself in the Eucharist. We say, yes, Lord, amen. And then we offer ourselves back to him. So this kind of movement of giving and receiving, that's really uh, the heart of our faith. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Our spiritual director today here on the Inner Life is Father jo- Joe Laramie. And Father Joe is a Jesuit priest, national director for the Apostleship of Prayer, ordained in 2011. And uh, he continues on offering the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, of course, as a Jesuit priest. And he's speaking to us today about. The Most Holy Eucharist. When was a time in your life when the Most Holy Eucharist really took on a new and deep, profound meaning? Do you remember your first communion? Have you recently witnessed a friend or loved one receive his or her first communion? What was that like? Give us a call, tell us a story, help us increase our devotion to the Eucharist by calling 888 914 -914 9149. Again, 888 914 -914 9149. Or if you prefer, send us an email. Our email address is life at relevantradio.com. Father, of course, a word that is oftentimes bandied about when we're talking about the Eucharist uh, is transubstantiation, um, which uh, is can be a mouthful. I guess it is a mouthful. Um, but uh, where do we come by this term and what does it mean and how can we explain it?
2: Yes, it's a term that yes, has uh, philosophical roots. Um, so the writings of Aristotle. Um, this is back before the time of Jesus it speaks about substance and accidents. So the substance is kind of the, uh, what the core of the object. and then the accidents are sort of the, you know the, the details around it. Anyhow, this is taken up by St. Thomas Aquinas in uh, the 1200s as really a reflection and even explanation of the Eucharist that, yes, this is substantially changed. Um, Yes, it still looks like bread and wine, and yet the substance is transformed into truly the body and blood of Jesus. And really, this is a great prayer for us. Um, One of these short lines at the Mass, the priest says, Lift up your hearts. And the people say, we lift them up to the Lord. Also, I'm supposed to do it myself, right? I'm telling everybody, but I need to lift up my heart to the Lord as well. You know, in a way, we're sort of spiritually placing our hearts on the altar as if to say, Lord, I want you to transform my heart also. Lord, by the power of the Spirit, you transform this bread and wine into your body and blood. And Lord, I want you to make my heart more like your heart, uh, to to bless it, to heal it, to shape it and form it, to be more like you. So again, this is a, a powerful teaching one want folks you know might struggle with but also to kind of receive the gift of that term transubstantiation okay it's a mouthful right but jesus is saying he can transform bread and wine into himself to feed us uh, in our own bodies
0: and feed us he does bodies and spirits and and it's such a gift the most holy eucharist which is our focus today here on the inner life let's take a phone call father we've got david who's called in for from san diego david welcome to the inner life thanks for calling
3: hi how are you doing
0: doing well thank you
3: good good thank you for taking my call um you know you're talking about the eucharist and and
0: uh i just got in my
3: car and i thought oh my gosh i gotta make a phone call i'll try to get off speakerphone real quick here but um i just want to share two stories about the eucharist uh one is uh i'm a revert um back in 2008 and um you know, it's kind of funny. You know, and, and I shared my story um, about coming back to the Catholic faith. You know, early on, people kept on asking me, "Do you know Scott Hahn, or do you know of Scott Hahn?" And I'm like, "I've never heard of Scott Hahn." <laughs> and, uh, because we, I guess, we had similar um, experiences when we came back to the church. But when when I when I came back um, r- early on, I just remember just as the priest was holding up the the, the Eucharist. I just knew that was, that was God, uh, right there present in, in, in his, in his fullness. And, and I just had to worship. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is really God in, in, in person here. And, and, um, uh, you know, and so it's always been, um, very, very meaningful and, and just how, how God has blessed me with, um, I guess just that sense of, you know, of, of his presence there. The, the other story I want to share is my daughter uh, just received her first communion um, a couple of weekends ago. And I have to say, <laughs> I've had a lot of good days in my life, uh, but that was by far the best day of my life. Uh, just seeing her being able to receive Christ in his, you know, body and the d- divinity. And, um, and you know, and and you know, we've gone to mass a few times after that, and it's just it's just been heaven for me. So I uh, just want to share that, and um, you know, there's a lot of good information out there about the Eucharist. I just encourage everybody to just really, um, you know, learn more about their faith. So thank you,
0: Father. What do you have to say to uh, to David there in in response to his story?
2: Amen. Um, Yeah, that gift of faith, just his simple phrase, right? This is God. Um, And the way the Lord likes to come to us in humble ways. Um, Yes, God can do the thunder and lightning bolts. Uh, You know, he's the creator of the universe. We see powerful miracles. But also the Lord loves to come to us in those simple, humble ways, right? Um, Imagine Mother Mary holding this little child, Jesus, Maybe some folks would, even in his own time, look and say, oh gosh, what a beautiful child. Um, yes, holy, as every child is holy, but, you know, basically that's, that's all he is. Well, this beautiful little child is the eternal Son of God coming to us in a humble form. Well, similarly, Jesus in the Eucharist, so humble, right? This looks like mere food, just a bit of bread and wine, And yet God comes to us in those humble ways out of love and care for us. Hmm.
0: Indeed it does. David, um, so I'm, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a convert to the Catholic faith, but I've heard many reverts uh, like yourself back to the Catholic faith, and they have similar stories to tell that there is just a recognition that comes about, about the Eucharist being Christ himself, body, blood, soul, and divinity. So, david i'm just i guess i'm curious was there any particular thing that triggered that recognition for you that drew you back to the faith or was it just it just kind of came upon you
3: um you know <laughs> it's kind of funny i i remember having that that recognition but how it actually came about i'm not you know so long ago now um but but you know be I was in the Protestant world for a long time and you know I love our, our Protestant brothers and sisters. Um and uh, you know, when I was when I stepped into the Catholic Church for the first time in you know, twenty years or so, um, I was I was really like you know, kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. I wasn't quite sure what I was doing, what am I doing here? And what I saw was not only was the Word of God being taught, you know, at Mass, but the Word of God was in the stained glass windows and it was in the, everything, in the prayers and it was in everything that was doing. It was like it was a full immersion. It, it, the only way I can think of it is like it's kind of like learning another language, right? You can read a book, but until you go to that country and you're immersed in that, that culture... You don't really learn that language right and 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 i i felt like for the first time i was immersed fully immersed in in catholic in christianity wow. uh because it was it was just surrounding me that and 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 part of that was the the eucharist when 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 the you know when the priest says you know behold the lamb of god i i thought oh my gosh i gotta bow down and i gotta worship and it was it was real um and then, and then learning about, I think since then, learning about, I, I would say, the early Church Fathers have been um, an incredible resource for me to, to really dive deeper, especially like the first century and second century early Church Fathers, how they talk and teach about the Eucharist. is very Catholic, <laughs> you know, and, 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 it's, and, and that, that has really strengthened my faith in, in, um, in our Catholic faith and in the Eucharist.
0: Uh, very good. Well, thank you, David. Thank you for the phone call. And I, I don't think you're alone there. In fact, I think it's also kind of a shot in the arm for uh, maybe Catholics who have gone in a different direction but are, are considering returning that it doesn't necessarily have to be triggered by one particular thing but that, you know, just coming back into the presence of Catholic liturgy, but specifically into the presence of Christ present to us in the Most Holy Eucharist, I think that's an excellent, excellent uh, testimony and something that is encouraging others to do the same. So thank you, David. Thank you for the call. appreciate that. Father, would you say, um, just in following up on that, that 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 is the case? Have you heard stories similar to David's? Yeah, you
2: know, I'm going to highlight Eucharistic adoration, which I, I think is... Closely related to David's really uh, beautiful comments there. Mm. So I'm here in Milwaukee. There's a really vibrant young adult Catholic community here. Uh, Every Wednesday at St. Robert's Parish, they'll get 100, 200, 300 young adults there for a holy hour and adoration of the Eucharist and then mass afterwards. This is like every week. You know, this is not a holy day of obligation. And, you know, just like seeing their faces, sometimes I'm presiding, just their love for the Lord. Also, what, in the world today, so many folks speaking about anxiety, depression, um, frustration. Okay, this is reality, right? And yet in the Eucharist, in adoration, they're finding this peace, this quiet, uh, this love of the Lord, you know, as he beholds us, even as we behold him present in the Eucharist. You know, I'd say like the proof is in those who are most devoted, right? If some folks are saying, gosh, I wish I had a devotion or, you know, when I was a kid, I was kind of into that, but not so much. Maybe this is the time to come back, right? The world's crazy. Um, We all need some grace. We need quiet. And Jesus offers us those gifts in the Eucharist.
0: Amen to that. Indeed. Father Joe Laramie is our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. We're talking about the Eucharist and specifically devotion to the Eucharist. How has adoration increased your devotion to Christ and love of the Eucharist? Is there a time, when was a time when you, uh, like David, maybe recognized or re-realized that Christ is present to us in the Eucharist. Give us a call. Share the story. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to have more with the inner life following this break, but we'll be back right after this. This hour sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. My name is Patrick Conley. Glad you're joining us on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. We're talking about the most holy eucharist and devotion to the eucharist today with our spiritual director Father Joe Laramie, a Jesuit priest ordained in 2011. He taught at two all boys high schools and served as a college campus minister as well. Let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got Dana who's calling in from Roseville, California. Dana, welcome to the Inner Life.
4: Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Um, I just felt really inspired to call to share my story. Um I was Catholic my whole life, born and raised, and probably right about 2009, I was really um, struggling with really making sense of my, my sensibilities toward the Eucharist, and I never had a crisis of faith, but I just was asking God to please help me just understand how is that even possible, and I'm hoping that this story as God answered the prayer encourages other people to pray for help and belief and understanding as he can explain it to them. So this story will be specific to me and how God helped me to understand it, but just praying the prayer to help God really help you to embrace the truth of the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist because it's so overwhelming. So at the time I had a little infant that was sick with croup And, um, I experienced, um, watching her have trouble breathing during that time. It just kind of occurred to me at that point that that breath is what like animates my daughter It makes her who she is. And so that was like the first answer to this trifecta answer God was going to give me for this prayer, which was something that's invisible, like breath helps to bring life into my child. And so for me, it was enough for me to look at the Eucharist and go, the Holy Spirit can bring that breath to transform that Eucharist into the living Jesus Christ in the Eucharist for us. And so that just changed my level of reverence for the Eucharist. And so I was going to daily Mass with my two little ones at the time, and my little boy was kind of messing around, and the liners were going up, and I got distracted. Um, because I had um, told God, I don't want to receive on my hands anymore. I just, I can't, I'm not worthy. And so I started receiving on the tongue. And on this day when my son was messing around out of habit, I put my hands out. And when the priest laid the Eucharist on my hand, I could just feel this warmth, like this real living presence in my hand. And I could feel it in that exact spot for like two months. It was just really like him telling me, this is how it can be. Yes, I am truly present here. And then the third um, answer he did maybe a, a few uh, weeks after that is during Mass. I was um, just normal participation in Mass, and I was looking at the altar as, the, as Father was consecrating the host. And the um, crucifix um, is behind the altar, and I was kind of to the side of it. And God blessed me with this beautiful vision, um, I don't know how else to describe it, of a, a dove coming out of the wound of Jesus's side and descending upon the altar as a consecration was happening. And I felt like God was telling me, yes, this can happen. This will help your mind to understand. I am present. You can feel I am here. And this truly happens in Mass at this time. And it was just... It, It's something that can never be taken away from me, and my faith in the Eucharist can never be shaken. My God truly answered this prayer for me. Although I wasn't having a crisis of faith, I just wanted to kind of know him better. So my story, I just want to encourage people, pray if you're struggling with understanding how that little round thing the priest holds could possibly be our Lord. It can. And it's just such a beautiful, just the biggest thing that's happening on this planet is that Eucharist and mass. It's so beautiful. So I just wanted to share that. So thank you.
2: Gosh, Dana, beautiful. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> what a lot of powerful events there. Um, yeah, your child sick with croup, I can only imagine as a parent, you know, watching the child struggle to breathe, but that sense of, yeah, that breath of life. Right not visible and yet essential to life the way that christ in the church in the eucharist gives us his life um yeah that sense of warmth and receiving the eucharist uh that image of the dove um amen you know i think when we kind of lean in and even ask the lord jesus i want to have a deeper devotion to you you know then the lord can start working on us right because we've opened our hearts we're asking for a deepening faith Um, Just like that centurion, right? I do believe, Lord, help my unbelief in the Gospels. Um, And for some, perhaps reading uh, different passages from the saints, their own devotion to the Eucharist, just some of these images can help us to foster our own love for the Lord. So, gosh, Dana, thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you, Dana. Thank you for the great stories about how the Lord did reveal himself to you in and through the Most Holy Eucharist. If you have a story about how God has done that for you, If you have come to a time or there was a point in your life where you increased your understanding, the Lord, I should say, increased your understanding of his presence in the Most Holy Eucharist, if that has had a significant role to play in your life of faith, give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Father, you know, as I was thinking about some of the things you were saying before when we were talking about transubstantiation, um, that uh, the substance of the bread and the wine change into the body and blood of Christ, and yet the accidents remain the same. Um, I guess it strikes me that, um, in a sense, it, the Eucharist can seem very foreign in that way because most of the changes that we encounter in our life, it's the other way around. The substances remain the same, but you know, uh, we get our hair cut or fingernails trimmed or whatever it is that uh, changes this, the accidents, right? But on the other hand, um, the Eucharist also, especially for Catholics who receive or attend Mass every Sunday or maybe even daily, um, it runs the risk or has the danger of maybe being too familiar. Uh, it, it, in some ways, it's something that we've we've witnessed time and time and time again. So any thoughts or advice for how the, we can have a renewed appreciation for the Most Holy Eucharist, especially if we're regular Mass attenders?
2: Yes. Uh, here, I'll throw a little baseball line at you uh, Great this topic. Um, so I'm from beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, uh, a Cardinals fan, but generally just a baseball fan. Uh, there was an interview a while back with a Cardinals manager, and he talked about his job is to slow down the game. Okay, let's think about that, to slow down the game through his preparation, knowing the statistics, knowing his team. How about this? Let's slow down the Mass, right? Okay, it's an hour, but there's a lot happening, right? There's readings, there's songs. There's a certain way, if we're not careful, yeah, we just we kind of pop in, we do the Catholic thing for an hour, and then go home. Well, how about the prayer, the reflection, the contemplation that can slow down the Mass? As simple as reading the Gospel before I get into church, right? So my heart's kind of prepared to receive... The Word of the Lord, but also the homily. Similarly, how about the Eucharist? If I am making time for a holy hour, maybe once a week, once a month, if that's possible. Um, Again, even a little reading and prayer uh, around the Eucharist. You know, I think then there's a way, okay, the Mass slows down a little bit when I'm actually there. I'm more, like, attuned to what's happening in the words, the prayers, uh, that my own heart is more cultivated to receive the gift the Lord offers to me. Hmm.
0: I like that. I like the uh, slowing down the game and um, you uh, you have my condolences for being Cardinals fan as my <laughs> my father. Raised me to be a Cubs fan, so, um, yeah, so, but uh, no hard feelings here. We're we're united in one through the most holy Eucharist, which is our topic here on the Inner Life today. If you have a story about how the Eucharist has profoundly affected and changed and borne fruit in your life of faith, give us a call: triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Let's go back to the phones now. Mike is calling in from Illinois. Mike, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks
1: for
0: having me. Sure, welcome. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, no, I just had to call in because uh, I'm, I'm actually a revert, and uh, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church. I went to Catholic school most of my life, and I'm like 54 years old, and uh, I've been away from the Church for 12 years. I've been mainly uh, in, in various Protestant churches, um, you know, Uh, assemblies of god and and different types of churches like that i've been to five different churches over the last 12 years and i just always felt like there was something missing and um uh i i been doing a lot of praying and i felt like you know god has called me to come back and um i did uh i've been doing some studying of the early church fathers and just by studying the early Church Fathers, you know, I can't deny, or, you know, the connections there, you know. You, you, you just see the connection between the Church and the early Church Fathers, and that this was the Catholic Church, was the Church that, that Jesus Christ um, established. And, and then the other part of it is, I, I can't tell you how happy I am to be able to celebrate the Eucharist. I've missed out on it for a number of years and i've been going to church a couple times during the week like before work and it just it it's just uh
2: it's just great to be able to celebrate the eucharist again amen amen mike um hey welcome back to the catholic team and uh a little phrase i like is uh boomerang catholics you know some folks yeah it Go out for a while, kind of check out some other options, um, maybe a little like the prodigal son, right? And then also you're maybe looking over your shoulder saying, you know what, maybe I'm missing something. Um, maybe where I started is where I need to go back. Uh, I'm thinking of a line from St. Augustine. He says, uh, if we receive the Eucharist worthily, we become what we receive. Um, you know, that sense of the early church, uh, these early saints, Augustine, high on that list. Um You know, Jesus wants to transform us through the Eucharist uh, to make us more like him, to shape our hearts to be more like him. Uh, You know, a little prayer that I like is um, something called the daily offering or the morning offering, again, promoted through my office and the apostleship of prayer. It's uh, just a simple way of offering my heart to the sacred heart to start every day. and, you know, that sacred heart image. Now, again, many folks might say, well, gosh, Father, I can't have the Eucharist in my house. You know, that's, that's not allowed. I need to go to church, but I can only get there once a week. Okay, totally fine. And, you know, most homes do have some little prayer corner, right? Okay, There's probably some Catholics nodding along as I say this. Yeah, gosh, Father, I have my little chair. I have a little image of Mary, of Jesus. You know, let's really take advantage of that gift, right? Perhaps a family could say a little prayer together. Um, On our own part, yes, we can offer our hearts to Jesus. Uh, We can ask Mother Mary for her help in prayers. Again, this kind of Catholic heartbeat of giving and receiving um, to make that part of my life every day. Mm
0: great advice and a great way to increase our love of and understanding of our devotion to the Most Holy Eucharist, uh, uh, the morning offering, the daily prayer, the reminder that Jesus is so present to us, most especially in and through the Most Holy Eucharist. Mike, thanks for the call. Appreciate that. Let's go now to Rosendo, who's calling in from Sacramento, California. Rosendo, welcome.
5: Hey, hello. Good morning, everybody. Um, I just want to give a a little bit of experience that I had also with that uh, Eucharist. I was in having uh passing through some hard times uh with my wife my family and i didn't i didn't had nowhere to go and i went to other races because the priest where we had in the parish always has been from monday to friday and i just walked out of the house didn't say nothing to the wife i went straight straight to church nothing else went through my mind only to go over there and when i was over there i started reading Started praying, and then I really let it go, and I said, "God, why do you do this to me? Why, you know, why do I gotta do it? And all of a sudden, in adoration, I seen the heart, just the Eucharist just going kind of like a heartbeat, and just, and I was, I got chills, uh, and I couldn't believe I couldn't stare nowhere else but to, to him, and I started crying. I let everything go. And nobody was at that point with me. And I was so into Jesus at that moment that uh, a guy tapped me on my shoulder out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. I didn't hear the door shut down or nothing. Tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, your prayers, uh, don't worry. He said, "Your your uh, whatever you have in you is going to be on my prayers tonight. And he walked down this person I haven't seen till then. I look back at the sacrament and it was like a, a quiet, but peaceful moment. And when I walked out of there, I knew what I had to do. I knew what I had to talk to my wife. I knew what I had to say. And it's, it's real. It's, it's nothing that uh, people might not take it as, but because I don't know if they had that experience or because their faith is not strong. I really don't know why he shows me and until till this day, I don't question it anymore. I just go with it and, and say, God, I know you're here. Uh, I love you. I respect you. And I live for you because it changed my life completely. Uh, today to this day, even if I don't agree with some people and they ask for advice, I can't give them a the wrong advice. I try to give it honest, good hearted advice. And I, I'm like, I can, I can't do wrong because it wasn't done to me so i can't do it around and treat another person even whether they're believers or not i can't treat them on a bad way you know so that it's so beautiful and like i said i felt the presence and i go to church every sunday and during the week we go to rosary you know and an adoration for at least 15 20 minutes because my schedule for work family it's a little hectic but you know i try to make it as much as possible i'm wow. telling you it, it's real it's real
0: Rosendo. what a story and how, and how uh, what a testimony to how the the reality of christ in the eucharist has drawn you back father what do you have to say to rosendo
2: <laughs> my gosh uh, Rosendo, thank you beautiful powerful and uh gifts of the eucharist I'll say high on that list, healing and communion, healing and communion. Jesus wants to bring us healing to our hearts, our relationships, also communion, communion with him, communion, you know, deeper relationship with our family and friends. And, you know, I think your story shows us what now and then maybe we're tempted, like, "Okay, God, I'm going to get my life together and then I'm going to come to you and you're going to bless me. Well, how about this way? All right, Lord, my life <laughs> has some blessings, and yeah, Lord, there's there's pain, there's confusion, there's sorrow, there's hurts in my life. Let's go to the Lord right now, as we are, with the sorrows, with the hurts, and trust he wants to bring us healing and help. Um, in fact, sometimes then we're most receptive, actually, right? When we really see our need for the Lord, that's when... He can give us his blessings because we're really receptive and open um, love that image of the heart the heartbeat, uh, that heart of Jesus bringing health to our hearts mm.
0: speaking of which, our spiritual director Father Joe Laramie today, Jesuit priest and author of Love Him Evermore from Ave Maria Press uh, it's a nine day personal retreat with the Sacred Heart of Jesus So um, check that out, it's available uh, on wherever good books are sold, so we are talking about the Most Holy Eucharist here today on The Inner Life. If you have a time in your life where the Eucharist, you've grown in love and devotion of the Eucharist, something that really helped you to do that, share it with us, 888 9149 We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back right after this. Today, we'd like to thank Teresa, who is listening in New Mexico, for donating her 1955 Plymouth Plaza. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting RelevantRadio.com slash car. That's RelevantRadio.com slash car. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Sarah Tafoya, taking your phone calls, and to you, For your generous support of Relevant Radio during last week's Spring Pledge drive, we met our goal thanks to you of $3 million. But there's still opportunity to give if you would like to. You can certainly pop over to RelevantRadio.com on the Relevant Radio app or by calling 877-291-0123. Also as long as I'm doling out thanks here uh, thanks to our spiritual director for the day for today Father Joe Laramie, author of Love Him Evermore from Ave Maria Press and you can also check out his work with the Apostleship of Prayer at Pope's Well Father, um, this has been a, a fascinating conversation and we've got more to come yet. Let's go back to the phones David is calling in from Los Angeles David welcome to the inner life.
1: Hi good morning thank you for taking my call. I just wanted to make mention to all our fellow Catholics, uh, since we're already one year into our three-year Eucharistic revival, just a a word of encouragement and an invitation, if your normal um, way of uh, receiving communion is in the hand, to maybe try uh, receiving on the tongue, perhaps even on the knees if you're capable of doing so. Uh, It's just an awesome way of showing a reverence, uh, an appreciation, and a humility for um, the consecrated hosts. Um, and as well, just to, you know, give it a shot if it's not your, your normal uh, way of receiving. Uh, just a little invitation. I'm not, you know, telling anyone how to show their respect for the true presence, but um, it's just something worth trying if, if receiving in the hand is what you're accustomed to.
2: Amen. David, thank you. Um, I travel quite a bit given talks and retreats, so I'm really blessed to be in A lot of different parishes, schools, retreat centers. And um, yeah, I see folks coming forward to receive on the tongue. Sometimes it's the younger folks who are maybe most uh, attentive to that. Um, Maybe they see their own need to deepen devotion to the Eucharist. Others who might kneel as well. You know, I think it is important in the church and for us pastors to, you know, give folks that flexibility. We could also say, yes, people are permitted to receive simply the host or they could receive the host and the chalice if they wish. Um, Yeah, these are, you know, personal ways of encountering the Lord. Um, You know, I would encourage folks, of course, you know, be flexible. It could be, I don't know, let's say in all school mass, maybe the chaplain says, look, kids, I really would prefer you receive in a certain way just to keep uh, the aisle flowing (laughs) in a smooth way. But again, for us pastors to say, yeah, we want to be open and flexible as much as possible, really deepen uh, people's devotion to the Eucharist.
0: I appreciate it David. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the uh the suggestion. And it's a good thing to do uh, as we're talking about how to keep the Eucharist fresh too. I mean, I think it's it's excellent to yeah, receive him in in different postures and and certainly if you've not made Eucharistic adoration part of your life of faith, that's a great thing to factor in there too to grow in love and devotion to the Eucharist. And Father, um I'm just What would you have to say about, we've talked about many things on the show already, but any other suggestions that you would have about how people, and maybe especially families, how can a family come to grow in their love of the Eucharist, their devotion to the
2: Eucharist? Mm -hmm. Amen. Um, You know, simply going to Mass as a family, um, very important, and I get it, it can be tricky these days, right, with sports schedules and so on, but... You know, really to to just make that a high priority, to say, okay, this is really the heart of our week. This is the heart of our faith. You know, if you've got younger kids in the house, it could be you take a few minutes before Mass or after Mass to kind of like, what, almost like a pregame and a postgame, like, okay, what's the gospel about today? Uh, Why is that important for us to hear? And then after Mass to take a minute and say, all right, everybody, what was one little moment of grace, one little highlight for you? You know, It's a way of leading younger kids to reflect on that. And yes, for adults, for parents, we need it too, right? To say, all yeah. right, gosh, I need to reflect on this, even to articulate it and say, thank you, Lord, for uh, you know this song that really lifted my heart. Um, or Lord, as I was praying, when the priest was saying those prayers at the altar, I really felt drawn into uh, that Eucharistic meal that Jesus offers to us. Mm. So a little reflection kind of pregame and post-game, I think, can be fruitful. Mm-hmm.
0: I know one thing that's been really helpful for me, and this is right along the lines of what you've already said, Father, but uh, certainly to, as, to do my best. And I realize with families that can be a trick sometimes, but to do my best to get to Mass a little bit early so I can take some time to reflect in prayer before Mass and prepare myself spiritually that way. And then to take just a couple of minutes after mass to kneel in prayer as well. That's been really helpful for me. You know, no judgment on those who can't get there early or who who aren't uh, inclined to stick around after mass for that. but certainly um, that's been something that's been really helpful for me as well and helped me to focus in on and help to realize help me to realize what I've just uh, I'm about to or have just participated in when it comes to the most holy Eucharist. Well, Father, we've been—you uh, know—we've been talking with you this whole hour, and uh, the Eucharistic revival has not come up a lot. But why don't you take us into that? Why—why why did the U.S. bishops call for this Eucharistic revival in the first place?
2: Yes, uh, briefly. So I'm a Eucharistic preacher. There's about 50 of us who are priests in the U.S., and it's a mix of diocese priests. There's a couple of Jesuits, Franciscans, Dominicans. Um, also, they made an effort to make it multilingual, so. Some priests might speak Spanish and English, others maybe Vietnamese or other languages. You know, honestly, it's yes, in response to a problem, right? Uh, coming out of COVID, tough months, right, for our country, for our families, parishes closed. Uh, sure. Yes, people sick, people dying. Some of the lockdowns that also led to isolation, tension within families and communities. And yes, some statistics, if you talk to your average pastor, he's going to probably say, I have fewer sheep in my flock now than I had three or four years ago, right? Some folks who maybe just got out of the habit of going to Mass and uh, have not picked it up again. In a good sense, the bishop's saying, okay, let's not just complain about this, let's try to do something in response. So this revival is an effort to offer things like retreats, parish missions, uh, diocese conferences, Let's bring people together in prayer, in worship, in conversation. Uh, So I've got invitations around the country speaking at different events, a great joy for me. This will all culminate in a Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis. That'll be in the summer of 2024, so uh, just over a year from now. This will be a whole week of folks gathered from around the country, again, in prayer and worship. There'll be processions outdoor, uh, a big closing mass. So in a good sense, yeah, let's not just complain about these things, but let's really uh, ask the Lord for help and cooperate with his holy action. Mm,
0: Absolutely. And I'm I'm just looking forward to that Congress, certainly. Um, I don't know yet whether I'll be able to attend, but I will certainly be there in spirit, if not in person. And uh, Relevant Radio is going to be a huge sponsor of that as well. We are um, we are all that behind that. And if you'd like some more information on the revival, of course, you can go to relevantradio.com and search for revival, and it brings up a number of articles and uh, things to help you understand better of what it's what's happening and what's going on with the revival itself. Uh, and of course, uh, if you'd like to check it out, then you can just go to eucharisticrevival.org as well, which is the uh, homepage for the Eucharistic Revival. And what do you think, Father? Um, what do you think in our last couple of minutes here? Um, how how can we um, how can we utilize the Eucharistic revival in our parishes, in our families, in our homes, um, to and all the spirit of everything that's going on there to draw um, maybe even our non-Catholic or non-Christian friends into a greater appreciation for the Eucharist as well.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, I'll say first, let's. Uh... Ask the Holy Spirit to fan the flames in our own hearts. You know, let's, me, myself, my immediate family, let's do our part to really deepen our own devotion. And then I think the Lord, yes, wants to open doors. It can be as simple as just inviting somebody, your next door neighbor, a relative who's maybe been away from the church. Hey, uh, we're going to mass and brunch this Sunday. We'd love it if you want to come with us. Simple, friendly invitation, right? Yeah. They might say yes. They might say, I'll think about it. Uh, maybe you have to ask seven different people before one of them says yes. Well, hey, Jesus is patient and persistent, right? So we can be two. Uh, do your part to also participate in some of these events. Um, there's talks. There's retreats. Um, there's some online resources also. So, again, to deepen our own devotion and then trust that's going to bear great fruit.
0: I love that thought, Father. And um, when you're when you're talking about that and saying that, yeah, we um, need to fan our own devotion and flame first. That's great, right on the money. And then I think um, just the power of an invitation. I mean, in a sense, we're we're like Saint Andrew, right? I mean, we're bringing we're bringing others to Jesus when we bring them to encounter the Eucharist. And who knows what the Lord is going to do. Uh, when we bring others into his glorious presence present to us in the Holy Eucharist. Our spiritual director for the day has been Father Joe Laramie, Jesuit priest, again, author of Love Him Evermore from Ave Maria Press, and his uh, tireless work for the Apostleship of Prayer can be checked out online at popesprayerusa.net. Father, it's been a pleasure having you on the program, but as always, we like to close the show with a blessing. So if we might ask you for that, please.
2: Let us pray. God, our Father, send your Spirit upon all of us who are listening, all of our families and friends. Draw us ever closer to the heart of your Son. Nourish us with his body and blood in the Eucharist. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Father Joe Laramie has been our spiritual director for today, speaking about the Most Holy Eucharist. If you missed any part of the show, make sure and go back and check out the show page at RelevantRadio.com where you can listen to it in full there. Uh, coming up at uh, 7 p.m. Central is our, as usual, family Rosary across America with Father Rocky. Or pray the Chaplet with Drew at 3 p.m. Or uh, you know what? Do both. Great ways of growing in it. In the meantime, stay tuned for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass right here on Relevant Radio with Father Mark Melezova. And tomorrow we're going to talk about the Ascension. Should join us for that. Thank you for joining us this time. Until next time, grace and peace.